0: Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We are so thankful that you came and joined us this morning for worship. A lot of you were here at sunrise and you've been able to worship with us all day and we're just so thankful to spend this, the bulk of this day, my favorite day of the year, together in worship. Thank you so much for bringing the flowers out front. The cross looks so beautiful. I hope you've had time to take pictures with it and just Really remember, like Pastor Russ said this morning, the beauty of God's creation. I thought that was the best video to start with, to remember how exciting it was that day, but to always remember how exciting it is every year at this time. This morning when we woke up, very hurriedly as I pulled my children out of bed to get here, I reminded them that this is the best day of the year, of every day No matter whose birthday, no matter what holiday, this is the greatest day of every year. So I'm thankful to get to share this day with y'all. A couple reminders. Thank you for the flowers. Thank you for everyone that took part this morning. Um, The t-shirts are out there to um, order for adults and kids for the kids ministry. And everything else is in the bulletin. If you're a visitor, we would love to get to know you better. Uh, I see a lot of new faces. If you would text 704-459-5575, it's on your bulletin, and if you're online, it's on the screen. Text welcome, and it's a great way for us to get to know you, an easy way for you to get information, and also if you could fill out a form, either way, that would be great. And let's go to God in prayer together. Oh, Heavenly Father. What a joy it is to come to you today. I am so thankful for what happened this day. Words cannot come close to sharing with you our feelings. I'm so humbled by the whole week and and Good Friday and it's just so nice to have something to look forward to. You have given us the biggest gift anyone could ever imagine. The world has nothing on what you've done, Lord, and what you've prepared for us, and the excitement of the place to come when we follow you, when we believe, when we choose you, God, the way that you chose us, you chose each one of us, you knew us before we were born, you gave us Jesus, Lord, to pay the ultimate price so that we had a chance to be with you. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray that each of our hearts are focused on you all day, that not just while we're in this place of worship, but as we leave this place, that, that we share this news with everyone, that everyone we see that, that says, Happy Easter, we exclaim that you have risen, that you are no longer dead, that you are alive and what a joy you've been in my life and in each life here. And I pray that we spend this day, this holy day, remembering that. Remembering what you've done for us. Where you've been in our lives and all the things that we might have missed. That you've been a part of our life and, and, and led us to this place and to each place with our families. And, and we are so thankful, God. I give you this worship time. I give you each moment of this in praise. I pray your spirit reign on us today and that we worship with open arms and open hearts and a focus devoted to you, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
1: great God indeed and because he is we can bring our prayer petitions to him we can lift up our hearts and our burdens our cares our concerns our joys and our celebrations because he wants to be a part of it so let's do that together this morning let's go to our father in prayer Father, you are good. You are love. You are peace. You are comfort. You are grace and mercy. You're our redemption. You're our salvation. You're the creator of all things, of all creation. You created each one of us in our mother's womb. You put us together exactly like you want us to be, without fault. We were made according to your specification. Your word tells us that you not only made us, but you loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. And that if we would believe in that, that we would not perish but have everlasting life. And to think that you would do such a thing for us. God, we are so grateful. We acknowledge to you today, God, that we're not good. The essence of us is not good. We, we can't even be good compared to who you are. We we fall wayfully short when we compare ourselves to you, God. So, Father, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our shortcomings. God, help us to be more like you every day. God, we do indeed have our hope in you because you conquered the grave. You conquered death. praise God today we can gather together to celebrate the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and because that tomb is empty today Father we can come, we can gather, we can worship you and we can have that hope of eternal life Father we love you, we thank you for today we thank you for the body of believers that's gathered here this morning that was gathered earlier today And Father, we pray that we would surrender ourselves to you so that you can use us individually, so you can use us corporately as a church body to do what you'd have us to do, to be the people you want us to be, sharing your love with the dark world. And God, we thank you for the promises of your word, for we know that because the tomb is empty, the promises will be fulfilled just as you said. And so, Father, we look forward to your return. We pray, God, that we're ready. We pray, God, that, we're, that we have our hearts prepared for that day, for that moment when we meet you face to face. If not, pray, God, I, 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 I pray that you would ready us today. That we would not leave here today without knowing you personally. Thank you for your love and for your forgiveness and for the hope that we have in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter. Happy Easter indeed. Happy Resurrection Day. It is indeed a a glorious day, isn't it? What a mighty God we serve. We indeed serve a, a great, great God, an awesome God. You know, no other holiday is as critical to the Christian faith as is Easter. Everything we think, everything we believe, everything we do, the foundation of Christianity stands or falls, stands or crumbles on the truthfulness of the resurrection. As we've gone through uh, the Bible study, the case for heaven several weeks ago, for several weeks, now we looked at at heaven and hell and the reality of that. Um, And it is indeed real. Uh, We talked about the resurrection and and the importance of that. For we cannot gather here today without the resurrection. Think about this today as we come together to celebrate Easter. We take God's word and, and we look from beginning to end and it all has one primary theme from beginning to end, and that's the redemption of God's people, uh, the coming of Christ Jesus, the second coming of Christ Jesus, and our eternal home in heaven with Him, the forgiveness that comes through the blood of Jesus, the hope that we have in, in, in the empty tomb. And as we look throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, starting in the very beginning, begins to prophesy, begins to tell about and foreshadow Christ's coming. And every prophecy that was told has come about. Every prophecy that was written about in the Old Testament has come about. And I promise you, every prophecy in the, God's Word will come about as well. As Christ readies His return. We look at the Old Testament, we see and. Uh, the prophecies about Easter foretold. The triumphal entry was foretold in in Zechariah nine. The betrayal of of Jesus by Judas, and and selling out for thirty pieces of silver, in Zechariah chapter eleven, verse twelve. Jesus being scourged and beaten, prophesied in Isaiah chapter fifty three, verse five. Him being crucified in between the criminals, again prophesied in Isaiah 53, verse 12. The spear being forced into his side and, and, and piercing his side, Zechariah 12, Psalm 22. The fact that in the midst of the crucifixion he would have no bones broken, Psalm 34, 20. That he would be buried with the rich. That he would be buried in a rich man's tomb, Isaiah 53, verse 9. And that he would be raised from the dead in Psalm 16 and Psalm 49. And of course throughout the Gospels. And so we can look at this and see that that God has already worked out our tomorrow. God is already dealing with what is happening going to happen in our life tomorrow this week, next month, next year. Folks, if He can write something that's going to happen hundreds of years before it happened and it come to pass it come true to the to the every detail, folks he's prepared us too. He is preparing us for. Tomorrow whatever that might might be and God is working out the details of our life every day the big details and the small details what are you going through today what are you facing today let me remind you that Christ is walking with you if you know him Isaiah chapter 53 verses 8 through 10 is a prophecy of, of Jesus' uh, crucifixion and burial. And it says, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his own generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. Well, listen to verse 9. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth... Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord make his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Verse 9 again goes back. Verse 9 says that he will be assigned the grave of both the wicked and the rich. How can that be? How can he be buried in both the wicked tomb and the rich tomb? Well, after the crucifixion, the criminals and the uh, the wicked, the poor, they were simply thrown on the side of the road. They were simply thrown in a dump on the side of the road. Um, it was a, a mass grave that was set up. It was done uh, partly to uh, to intimidate, for the Romans to intimidate the people not to do wrong. As they would walk down the road, they would they would pass by the awful stench and smell and sight of. Of decaying bodies on the side of the road, to encourage people to live right, to do the right thing, and and so Jesus was seen as a criminal, and so that was his destiny to be to be thrown in this pit with the other criminals. The 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 wild animals, the vultures, they would all come and feed on the corpses as they laid in ruin. Again, that's where. Jesus was supposed to be going. That was going to be his tomb. But you see, God was already at work. God had worked out all the details before the beginning of time. That Joseph of Arimathea would, 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 would ask for Jesus' body. That he would go to the leaders and say, Let me have his body. Again, they were just going to take him down and toss him on the side of the road. But this man, Joseph, he comes and says, let me have his body. And so he took his body, they wrapped him, they prepared him for burial, and, and they buried him in a rich man's tomb instead of a mass grave. And so think about this. Although it was prophesied to happen in, in, in Isaiah 53, it had to happen. Okay? If Jesus had been put in a mass grave, then... How could we know if he was raised from the dead? How could we know that, that God raised him to life? But since he was buried in a tomb, since he was buried in a tomb by himself and his tomb is empty, then we can know that God raised him to life. Amen? And praise God for that, that he wasn't thrown in a, in a, empty gra- or a, a mass grave, but he was placed in a tomb so that we would know, so that people would know that indeed God brought him back to life. we looked at the the Good Friday service, and of course friday the, the 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 attention is given to the cross and the the events of the cross and how he died and how jesus died and and, and what his body went through for the forgiveness of our sin and this morning out front, we have a cross out front that many of you have brought flowers from your garden and placed in that cross to, to, to display God's creation, to allow us to enjoy part of the creation God put in your home, in your garden. The word garden, the word garden is mentioned over 60 times in the, in the Bible It all began, history began in the garden, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It was there that that centered in after they ate from the fruit of the the, the tree. Jesus, in the New Testament, as he was about to be arrested, he goes and, and prays in the garden. He takes his disciples to pray. Bible tells us that after Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and he was arrested and crucified and hung on the tree and died for our sins that they took him down and and buried buried him in a in a garden tomb. We go on to read in Revelation and we see that that our existence will be in the restored garden. We will live in eternity in the perfect garden if we know christ jesus revelation 22 verse 2 talking about and describing our eternal home and it says on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruits yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are the healing of the nations that's the that's the place we're going to live in the restored garden in the in the new garden, in the new temple, in the new Jerusalem. And everything is going to be made perfect and will be made perfect. At the resurrection, you recall the story, and, 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 and Mary comes to the tomb and, and she begins talking to who she thinks is the gardener. But in fact, it's Jesus. He was mistaken for the gardener. We look back in the Garden of Eden. Adam was considered the the, the first Adam and the first gardener. He was created to rule over the earth. He was to work the land and have dominion over the land. But the first Adam was disobedient to God. And sin came through the first Adam. And, And through the first Adam came death. But the second Adam is Christ Jesus. The second Adam will, will rule over all creation, over man and nature, kings and kingdoms. And the second Adam, Jesus, fulfilled the purposes of Adam in the Garden of Eden. The second Adam will be completely, or, or was completely, obedient to God. Through the second Adam, Jesus, we are made alive and experience life abundantly. Salvation and eternal life comes through the second Adam, through Jesus Christ, when we put our faith and our hope in Him. We read the stories and the parables in the New Testament, and and God is described as the vine dresser or the gardener. And and, and in the story, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and we're to bear much fruit. But we can only bear much fruit if we're connected to the vine. You see, all these flowers out here is, As beautiful as they are, and as beautiful a, a decoration as it is, it's going to be beautiful for only a few days. And then the flowers are going to start to wilt and fall off and die. We have to be connected to the vine. If we're plucked apart, like the flowers, if they're taken away from from the source of their nutrition and strength and nourishment. If we're taken away from the power of God, we will die as well. We will wither and we'll fall away from the goodness of God. Sin entered the world via the tree of life and the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, but the sin was removed. Sin was removed by way of Calvary's tree. The cross, when Christ was crucified to give us the eternal life. The Old Testament prophecies in Psalm 16:10, it says, You will not abandon me in the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. Jesus, again, is, is not in the tomb. He never began to decay he was only in there for three days and god raised him to life god raised him to life on the third day jesus rose from the dead the angel in luke 24 the 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 angel asked the woman why do you look for the living among the dead why do you come to the tomb to the graveyard looking for somebody that's alive (laughs) because the, the, the angel goes on to say, why do you come looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Amen. Praise God that that was the message that they received that day. And because of that, we've gathered here today, because He did, He gives us the hope of being resurrected with Him too. Jesus rose on the, on the the on the festival of the first fruits. That was a a festival where the, the people came and the, it was based on the Lord telling Moses telling the Israelites that when you have a harvest you come and you bring a, a portion your, a portion of your first harvest to me as an offering the first fruits of your offering and so by doing so they were giving thanks to God for what was going to come that's why we give to the Lord uh, of our first fruits today Because we're trusting, we have faith that God is going to bless us in the end and going to supply our needs and meet our needs in the end. And so the first fruits is a a sign of a good harvest that's yet to come. And so listen to this, Jesus. Jesus was the first fruits of God's redemption. Jesus was the first one of the resurrection think listen to this god gave his best god gave his one and only son and and so folks god deserves our first and our best whether it's our lifetime our material our possessions our finances whatever it is god desires our first and and our best because of what He's done for us on the cross. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Again, He was the first uh, of the resurrection, the first of the redemption. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But in each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when He comes, those who belong to Him. So He was raised first, and then He'll raise us together with Him one day as well. And so the Messiah was the, the, the offering to God for our sins. It was a guarantee for our later harvest, for a good harvest yet to come. A guarantee for our resurrection to come. And it gives evidence to say, that it says in Matthew 27, At His death, the tombs opened, and dead people came out. They came back to life and walked among the people. It says in Matthew 27, verse 51, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rock split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. So Jesus was the first redemption, and those people came. And our redemption is guaranteed because Christ Jesus was resurrected. Amen. In John chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And so if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, truly believe in our hearts that Christ died, that God raised Him from the dead, whoever lives, it says, and believes in Him will live regardless if he dies in this life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. You often hear people say at funerals, it's not a goodbye, it's a see you later. You see, if we know Christ Jesus, and that person knew Christ Jesus, it's a I'll see you later. If one of you don't know Jesus it's a goodbye it's a goodbye indeed but because he lives we shall live too in James 1 it says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of be a kind of first fruits of all he created You know, with everything in the world that's going on. You look across, you hear the wars and rumors of war and the famine and the heartache and the difficulties and the crime and fear in this world is real. Fear can be captivating. It was real on that first Easter morning. The gospel stories tell us that the angel told Mary and the others, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We were talking this morning before the service at the sunrise service that I wonder what Mary was thinking right about now. I wonder what the disciples, what was going through their minds right about now. Well, we know at one point, according to God's word, that they were scared. They were, had uncertainty. They didn't know what was going on. And the angel told them, do not be afraid. But one of the biggest things we deal with in life is fear. But the resurrection tells us that regardless of what comes, regardless of what happens, we can have hope. You see, the resurrection declares that death is not the end, that the death of this body is not the end, and the resurrection declares that death has died. That Jesus conquered death and the grave and that he's alive. In 1 Corinthians 15, 55, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, Jesus has conquered death and the grave. and So we don't have to live in fear anymore. We don't have to live in fear of dying anymore. We don't have to live in fear of what's going to happen when our life is over. And so, folks, I'm going I'm to ask you, don't live in doubt and hopelessness because we can have the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yes, we all have to die in this body. This body's going to rot and die and go away. But our souls will live forever. those that know Christ it says will be resurrected from the grave our bodies will join our souls and we will live forever and ever with heaven in heaven with God you see the empty cross promises forgiveness for all of our sin the empty tomb promises us a, a resurrected life if we put our faith we put our trust in him the one who conquered death the one who conquered the grave That being Jesus. It's Easter. It's Easter morning. He is alive. Let me ask you this morning, what difference does the resurrection make in your life? Are we still living for ourselves? Are we still living to satisfy our desires and our goodness our wants and our, our needs or are we living for the Lord you see the empty do- tomb can, can, can be the difference between heaven and hell the empty tomb is the difference between heaven and hell For God so loved the world. I know I don't have. My wife will tell you right now, I'm not the best person to live with all the time. I make her mad. I let her down. I upset her. I make y'all mad. I let you down. I upset you. So none of us are perfect, is it? Are we? And God knows that. God knows that, that none of us are perfect, but He loves us anyway. He loves us the way we are, and He wants to offer forgiveness to us. And He, he again, He loved, He loved you. And you. He, man he loved you and you he loved you and you he loved us so much guys that that he sent how many of you have children in here he gave his son his only his only son you know all those times that I let you down and let her down that I'm ugly that i'm I'm ill and i'm I act way to you and I let you down. God gave His Son to forgive me of all of that. To forgive you of all of that. And and He says that whoever believes, is that you? We did that this morning. We said, For God so loved me that He gave His one and only Son that if I believe in Him, I shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's God's promise to me. That's God's promise to you. And to anyone who would hear it and receive it. Paul writes in Romans that that if we declare with our mouth, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, now there again, we can all say Jesus is Lord. We can all say it from here. But he goes on to say, and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the difference. There's, uh, You've probably heard it said there's the difference between heaven and hell or the distance between heaven and hell It's only 18 inches from here to here. Because yes, we can confess it, we can proclaim it, we can declare it here, but unless we believe it here, if we only confess it here, we're hell bound. If we believe it here, we're heaven bound. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, Here's a promise from God. You will be saved. You'll be saved. And if you really believe it in your heart, you will be saved forever. You will really, and if you believe in your heart that He really did raise Jesus from the dead, you'll bear fruit. If you really believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be faithful Not for a little while. Not for a season. But you'll be faithful to the end. If you really believe. Do you believe? That's the question that God leaves for us all today. Do you believe? Do you believe that God sent His one and only Son? And do you believe that God raised Him from the dead? If you do, you'll be saved. It's Easter, but what difference does a resurrection make in your life? I want to ask that you'll think about that question the rest of this day, maybe the rest of this week where you can answer that, that peace. Let's pray together. Oh God, what a glorious day it was on that first Easter morning. What a glorious day it has been today. And oh, what a glorious day it's going to be when you return. Oh, what a glorious day it's going to be when we see you face to face indeed it will be a glorious day if we know you if we don't know you it's not going to be a good day for we'll find ourselves in the pits of hell for all of eternity but if we really believe your word tells us to bear fruit and be faithful to the end. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. God, we thank you today for your Son. We thank you for his obedience. His obedience unto death, even death unto a cross. For the blood that was shed on the cross. For his body that was broken. God, we thank you for working out the details where he could be buried in in an empty tomb or or a, a rich man's tomb so that we could know today that you raised him from the dead and that tomb is empty. We praise you today. We worship you today because of that. And so, Father, hear our prayers and accept our worship for the cross indeed has the final word.